In today's episode, I will discuss my wealth building algorithm, to which I attribute my entire success. Consider this my North Star. And when I devised and used this algorithm personally, I was able to operate with a completely different mindset. It is absolutely liberating moving from a fear of failure mindset, eliminating deeply conservative thinking, and short and medium-term noise and news cycles. It's a fundamental requirement. You remove this anxiety if you want to grow meaningful wealth and income through investing using real estate. This episode is a must-listen. If you are struggling with today's news, doom and gloom, and higher interest rates, this algorithm will hopefully rock you to your core and leave you with a deep sense of urgency to get started. Because remember, the sooner you implement a strategy and stay the course, the sooner you see the results, the sooner you achieve financial freedom. Welcome to Burn Your Boats podcast. Burn the Boats is an often used metaphor for a positive change in direction and moving forward in the face of adversity. To burn your boats is to build a new reality, not using the tools, people, or existing behaviors holding you back from your life's real dreams and ambitions. As real estate investors, having interviewed thousands of successful professionals from all walks of life, Clark and David have identified freedom from financial anxiety as a top priority for many. There is a path to crafting this new life you seek. It starts with thinking differently, learning new skills, and how to say no. Let's elevate your vision of a wealthy financial future where you live life in control of your time and energy. Achieving financial freedom is often a choice, and for most, we must exit our comfort zone and burn our boats to achieve it. This podcast strives to identify pivotal moments and milestones in life that will help set you in a new direction where future you will look back and recognize the moment everything changed. All right, guys, welcome to Burn Your Boats, episode number three. How are you feeling today, David? I'm feeling good, Clark. Uh, we've got a great topic today. We do. We're, we're, it's very important. It's, it's, it's the thing, you know, that I, um, in the years that I have spent talking with investors, it is the single biggest differential between success and failure. Yeah. And what that differential is, is confidence. You know, why, what prevents people from taking action? Why do they think everything is going to go bad? bad yeah uh because the people who we see make it to what we were talking about in the last episode wealth island none of them started off day one and went yeah i'm going to be super successful right. and that's just the end of it no no they all had to carve it out but they had to grow and they had to build confidence yeah so david let's talk a little bit about the difference between why someone may be confident right in terms of their financial journey their uh, their personal journey, their fitness journey, whatever that looks like, why would someone be confident? And then the people that aren't confident, why do you think that they're big challenges and obstacles as to why they're not confident? And ultimately, what are the stepping stones that they can put in place 
to be able to get to that point? Generally, my experience has been that it's been uh, thousands and thousands of incremental little changes yeah. in their lives, in their in their mindset. And if we're going to um, kind of dig into this in the right way today, we really, it's, it's just all about a growth mindset. We need to dig into a growth mindset. The people who have come to me and have already educated themselves and they have decided that they want to grow, it's amazing the difference in, in confidence to do that first deal if they're prepared for it. Right. Let's discuss, you know, that journey from youthful, almost cocky, you know, confidence right. to what gives you financial confidence. And for me, it's, it really boils down to this. Um, you have to understand how the world works and how time works um, in order to get to what I, you know, what I consider to be, you know, financial confidence. So there's confidence in sports, there's confidence in sales, there's right. confidence in this, that, and the other. But having financial confidence, it, it's a result of knowing and trying and every single day having the ambition to have financial confidence. And for me at Clark, it's understanding that you know nothing about the future. That is true. I'll second that for sure. You know nothing. I know nothing. You know, does Jerome Powell know what's going to happen in interest rates next year? Uh, he doesn't. Right. Does anybody know with confidence what's going to happen in the future? Financially or otherwise, right. can anybody say for sure there won't be a black swan event next year? Yeah. And what would happen to our lives if a black swan event did happen? We can't control it. You cannot control it. So how can you have confidence then about the future? These are all these are all great points, and and I think that the the black swan event, right? Who's going to be the next president? Who's uh, is there going to be another COVID? Is it you know? Can I control any of these things? I, I can't. David, you might be able to. I, I can't. Well, I've had hundreds of conversations with people who are telling me, well, I'm not going to invest, or I'm not going to do this, or I'm not going to do that, right. or I'm holding off for this, that, or the other. I've had hundreds and hundreds of conversations about people telling me, you know, that uh, because interest rates are high, such and such is going to happen for sure. I'm like, well. Do you know how China is going to react to that? Or, right. how, you know, the Chinese policymakers, what they're <laughs> going to do? Are they going to buy more treasuries? Are they not? Do you know how to, the, the, the global financial market is going to respond to this event or that event? Do you know how the government's going to respond? Do you know how the Fed is going to respond? Do you know how the man on the street's going to respond? And so people make, and I, I'm, I'm the most guilty of this. I, I consider myself a reasonably well-read. I keep myself fairly informed on, um, on economic matters. And so I spent my whole life predicting what I think and acting on what I think is going to happen in the future. And it's only my confidence, um, my financial confidence only increased when I yielded to the fact that I don't know anything about the future. Right. But there are two things that we do know. What are those? We know that inflation is generally part of the Fed's mandate to have a 2% inflation rate. Right. The Fed generally gets within reason when it wants. And so if you look back in the last thousand years, inflation is a fact. It is a, it is a, it is a light breeze. It's on your back. You know it's there. And you can, you can work with it or you work without it. So let me give you just a quick physical example of what inflation is. When I was younger, my sister lived in Amsterdam. And she went out to work one day and I grabbed her bike. You know, and they have little towns there and you know just outside of town is fields it's all flat fields so i hop on the bike and there's a town like 20 miles over jump on the bike i'm, I'm flying along i have a great day beautiful watching <laughs> all the daffodils you know and um i get there and i have a cup of coffee and i go to turn around and come back and i realize there's a light breeze and so my way over there i you know got over there like you know in an hour or so 
on the way back it took me five hours. Yeah. Because now I'm fighting right. a light breeze that yeah. I didn't pick up on on the way there. Yeah. That's inflation. Yeah. And it's real. And so you can harness inflation in your life um, and you can essentially put out wings and take that breeze and let it take you all the way to what we described in our last episode right, as well. Island. Island. Um, so you do know that inflation is real and you can fight it if you want by not investing. But it will always erode your savings. Yeah. It will always erode your buying power. You won't win. You, you, you've got to. I tried. I tried to flip more houses and earn more money. Right. Um, and at the end of the day, I was like, okay, if I get to a million dollars or if you get to two million dollars, whatever your number might be, um, then I'll be fine. And then you realize, hold on, the, the, the bar has risen in tandem. And yeah. so, you know, I thought that I could retire if I had a million or two million. No, you can't. Because inflation has now made everything 20 or 30 or 40 percent more expensive since you started saving. Right. You know, so it's very, very, very difficult to save your way to, to wealth. Right. You have to invest your, yeah. your way there. And that's that's an eye opener. The other thing that you know for sure is if you buy assets. So inflation is just going to drive the value of your assets higher with the extra cost of living. Right. It's, it's a really powerful thing. Don't don't underestimate it. If you're if you know, if you're older. You're, you're smiling right now. You're listening to this because you cannot buy a can of Coke for what you used to buy a can of Coke right. for. You know, somebody leaned into me recently at a football match. You said a million dollars isn't what it used to be. It's like a million dollars isn't what it used to be. And you know what? He's right. Yeah. The other thing we know for a fact is if we, in our, we're real estate guys, so I always remind people of that, is that if you take out a loan on a house, that if that house is rented, that loan will get paid off. And over time, the mortgage that you have will disappear. And so we know amortization is real. And we know within reason that the tax code in real estate is going to be fairly conducive and friendly to us. So my confidence, my financial confidence, my old man confidence comes from the fact that I know those two things. And they're the only things I know. Yeah. So I don't buy or not buy. I decide to you know, take action or not take action based on what I think is going to happen next week right. or next month. Timing the market, right? I just don't do it. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you're never going to be able to time it perfectly. You, 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 Everybody tries. Yeah. Yeah, when they're young. Right. Everybody tries. And you know, if you can learn that one thing right away from yeah. the top of this podcast is use inflation and use the fact that renters, if, if somebody's in your home, your home is presented right and it is priced right, it will always rent. Yeah. Always. Agreed. In any economic cycle. Yeah. There's always somebody needs shelter. Yeah. It's just a fact. Um, it will rent. And if it's rented, it will pay off the mortgage. And over time, that mortgage will get eroded away and dissipate. And so if you take a 15-year approach or a 20-year approach to, let's say, real estate, and you compound inflation on the rent, you compound inflation on the value of the asset, and then you you obviously compound the impact of amortization payments, your tenant paying off your loan. It is just a, it's a simple formula. Yeah. And you, you, can, you, can, you can decide when you're 20, how wealthy you want to be when you're 40. We'll talk about that a little bit later on the podcast. So let's, let's take that and let's, let's look at it from a standpoint that you mentioned that why, why have anxiety about things I can't control? Like, why? Like, why even, I mean, I, I, why have all this pressure on things that you can't control? Why don't we just focus on the things that we can control? And to your point, we know that inflation is a thing and it's going to continue, right, forever. And we also know that if you get a mortgage 
every month when that payment gets made, you owe a little bit less, right? It's not rocket right. science, right? So you can control a mortgage being paid, yeah. right? And you know that inflation is that that breeze in your back. Yeah. So let's let's think about this from a standpoint of you're listening to this and you say, okay, so how can I get a uh, mortgage that is going to be working to my favor with a tenant paying it down every month? And how do I ha- work with inflation? Well, I know how you cannot work with inflation, and that's not owning hard assets, right? That's right. Now you can be earning a salary, okay, and that salary is that salary keeping up with the cost of eggs, with the cost of not of if your rent? boss has anything to, to do with it. Exactly. Your boss does not want to keep you up with inflation. So how do we do that? Is that we need to get on the right side of things where inflation inflation is pushing against it instead of fighting inflation, which is which is your incomes, right? So what's the first thing in, in my mind that, that the, a listener can can do right now to start to put those stepping stones in place? And it's, it's very simple, is that you can do all the research you want. You can watch all the YouTube videos you want. You can listen to all of the podcasts that we're all these great episodes we're going to put out there for you guys. However, if you don't translate that to some form of action, I, I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how, you know, how much you know about real estate or crypto or this or that. If, you're not, if it's not translating into an actionable event, right? It's all for naught. And my, my favorite, one of my favorite lines is you cannot hit a home run from the dugout. It's impossible. You can't do it. You have to step up to the plate to swing the bat, right? Yeah. Now, are you going to miss? Are you going to trip and fall on your knee? Is the ball going to come and almost in, embrace you or hit you? Yeah. Hell yeah, it is, right? That's just how, how it, it, what happens when you potentially take a quote-unquote risk. So kind of the first step that if you're listening right now is listen research, but don't have analysis paralysis. We have so many things out there right now that take, they steal your time. It's, there's almost too much information, right? And it's like, it's actually much simpler than, than everyone thinks in terms of like, if you're going to use real estate as a vehicle, which I think is a low hanging for, I think the reason I got my degree in broadcasting, I'm not a engineer. I'm not the smart, the, the, the sharpest tool in the shed. I just know that over time, real estate will go up and I don't have to really worry about it too much, right? That's it. That's kind of all yeah. you have to know. And guess what's also going to go up every time? Rents. Guess what's not going to keep up with that? Your mortgage, your fixed mortgage payment that you That's have, right. right? So at the end of the day, I hear all the time, and we were just talking about this earlier, is that in this climate right now, there's so many reasons not to buy any real estate in, in society. Society, there's, there's fear in the news, okay? The interest rates are high. Um, it's competitive. Sellers don't have the, 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 their expectations are like it's still 2020 and COVID hit. There are opportunities out there to be able to take action, right? And actually make that first step. Because if you don't make that first step, all those other steps that come after are, are all irrelevant because none of them exist, right? You don't get to participate with inflation. You just get to fight inflation every day and you're bitching and moaning about how much eggs are, right? Yeah. When, when the first of the month comes, every month, right? Everyone's complaining about it. I'm like, I'm excited because guess what? I get to make that mortgage payment every month to my bank and I get to go $300 less that I organically owe. And then guess what? Guess what follows behind me making that mortgage payment? The tenant making their payment. And guess what's happening to rents? Inflation raises the rents up and now my spread every year gets a little bigger and a little bigger between what my mortgage is and what my my uh, rent is that I actually get into my bank account. So the first step is taking action and it's easier said than done, right? But at the end of the day, we're talking about confidence, right? How do we get to confidence? How do you get to become confident to where it's easier to buy that next place? It's easier to go to the gym on a Tuesday and then come back on a Wednesday, right? It's easier to make these actionable steps. So tell me a little bit, uh, David, about 
what are the fears that people have as to taking that first, which I would say, I would argue is the most important step is just the action step. Did I say what type of action? I didn't even say what, I'm just saying take an action and start moving in the right direction because you're going to make mistakes. That's, that's, because guess what happens when you make a mistake? You learn from it, right? You learn from it and you're like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't do that mistake again. Let me do something different, right? So talk to me a little bit about what you see the biggest challenges of people taking that first step to action. I think it's mindset. That's, yeah. by the way, that's gold, by the way. I, as you're talking there, I wanted to jump in on about 15 <laughs> of those different points, right? But it's, um, it's, it's mindset and it's understanding. Um, again, really, it's understanding the simplicity of it. I think a huge amount of people are out there looking for the complexity where it doesn't yeah. exist. Oh. And so let me give you a little, a little, a little story. Um, a little, shortly after COVID hit, we were all still very, very unclear about you know, what, right. the, what way the world was going and what was going to unfold. And I, um, you know, I met a friend of mine for a couple of beers down my local park, some deck chairs, you know, I was right. like, Hey, listen, we'll sit outside. You know, you sit eight feet away from me and we'll, we'll <laughs> shoot the breeze. Right. And, um, we got to talk about stuff that, you know, like just nice, wholesome, you know, what do you do? Right. You know, what's your job look like? You know, what does your wife do? What is, you know, what's yep. your life plan? Because we were all being pretty reflective at the start of, of COVID, right? And so corporate guy and uh, works corporate job. His wife was a corporate girl and, and they were delighted. They were, you know, probably in their late 30s. And they were, you know, really, really excited that their, um, their college debt was shortly to be, you know, they, yeah. were, they were finally, you know, two or three years away from paying off their college debt, you know. And then um, I leaned into, you know, he asked me, he was like, what do you do? You know, it's like, well, I buy and I renovate homes and I, you know, I lend to, um, to real estate flippers and, and, and professionals and I, I own a portfolio of real estate. And it's like, oh, you know, that's very interesting. How does it look? And, you know, through the heel and the hunt, he turned around to me at the end of the, you know, at the end of the conversation. And he said, wow, David, you know, that's super that risky. just seems so risky yeah. what you do. And, you know, I had just an epiphany. Because I, I looked at him, I was like, the irony is that I look at you and I see what you're doing. No investments, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, maybe a, a small 401k plan and, um, you know, spending all of your energy uh, into growing out a W2 income. And, um, you know, I looked at him, I was like, the irony is I see what you're doing is super risky. Yeah. And, and you know, that was a big aha for me. It's like that, no. The risk is actually in being conservative. Yeah. The risk is not. The in, risk is in taking no risk. That's, that's right. Risk. It, it really, really, like it, it, it hit me hard yeah. that the idea um, that somehow, some way, not taking on what you consider to be risk um, is is the way to, is the way to go forward. It's like no, you're you're almost guaranteeing yeah. that one day something will happen to your income stream and. Um, you're not, it's going to be very adverse. It's going to be a, you know, a, an imposed burn your boat moment right. for, for you. And so I, I, I started to really deeply think about this. So how did, how did he, how did he respond? Did you, when you said, Hey, I think what you do is actually very risky. Cause I think a lot of people that are listening may be in his position, right? You said he was married. He had, maybe had his first kid or something. Yeah, two like, kids at the time. Yeah. Two kids probably has a good job. Yeah. Right. Great job. And, and he finds what you do interesting. Cause yeah. everyone finds what we do interesting. Oh, you buy these ugly houses and you make them yeah. cool. Right. And that's interesting. And, Oh, I, you know, I've thought about getting into real estate, but then they don't. 
because because of the fears we're talking about right now. So what was his reaction when when you said, you know, what's funny, ironically, I think you what you do is much riskier than what I do. Well, you know, I broke it out straight away. It's like, what do you find is risky? Is it the flipping side that you think is risky or the building of a portfolio right, right. side that he thinks is risky? And he's like, both, all of it. <laughs> and so I said, okay, for, first and foremost, you know, we'll meet again a week from yeah. now because not much else going on. It's starting to go it, right? Um, I'd like, you know, go, go read Rich Dad Poor Dad and we'll have another chat a week right. from now, right? And I think four months later, he bought his first house. You just made it happen, yeah. You know, because he got cool. it, and we had we, we kind of leaned into the following conversation. So, like meeting two, let's just continue this analogy for the for the purpose of getting it the, the message across. Is you know we don't know really anything, and planning your life um, on the basis of well, I think this, I think that. That's all short term. Yeah, it's almost impossible. What do you think about Bitcoin next week? I don't know. What do you think about the S and P next week? Right. What do you think about anything next week? You don't control it. <laughs> Nobody controls it. You know, um, Warren Buffett would never do a day trade. Right. Warren Buffett makes two or three decisions a year. He sits in his office and he makes two or three decisions a year. And he's, what, the second, third, fourth, fifth wealthiest guy in the world? And so if you take the same approach to real estate and you simply understand how it works and then buy two or three assets a year, you're going to be wealthy. Yeah. It's, it's, simple. it's as simple as that. You will be wealthy if you have the right strategy. So let's talk about what that strategy is. And it, there's, an, there's an algorithm for it. It's a simple algorithm. For anybody out there in the, you know, the tech space, you, you, know, you understand how algorithms, you build them, you follow the algorithm, and it works. So wealth is created simply by taking on debt. So debt, I'll, I'll say the, the algorithm first, and then we'll dig into it. Debt multiplied by time multiplied by scale equals wealth. Okay. Debt by time by scale equals wealth. So what does that mean? Right. Everybody I know who is wealthy, almost everybody I know who is wealthy, used debt and leveraged themselves to get there. Yeah. In real estate, if you go in and you buy your very first, you put all your eggs into one basket and you say, okay, I'm going to buy my first house. It's going to be like 300. I, I work hard at my W2 job and I'm going to buy my first house. I hate risk. So I'm going to buy my first house. I'm going to put, I'm going to buy it in cash. Right. Well, you're going to get 5.5% yield on your money. Yeah. Right? No harm in that. Your tenant eventually will pay more rent. And, but your investing career will stop right there. Because yeah. unless you've got another 300. So the right. debt part of it is that I put $100,000 down. I use $400,000 of the bank's money. I buy a $500,000 asset. Right? And... I then hold it for time. So what's happening over time? Before you get to the time, I want to interject is it's interesting because I hear a lot of times people say, well, you know, I want to buy something, but I want to put cash down or I want to put like 60% down, right? right? I want to get a really, really low, low payment right. um, because again, it's less risky, right? In their eyes, right? They're taking less risk because that payment's going to be so low in case what happens if the tenant doesn't pay this month? What if you have to evict them? All these different, these, these made up, challenges, right? They probably never had to evict a tenant in their life and they're already, you know, sure. building they're, that in. Yeah, your brain is Talk a little bit about the psyche of if you were to buy your first rental property, 
why why not buy in cash? Why not? Because then you've got a, a $1,500 a month tenant. Yeah, you're paying property manager maybe and some taxes and insurance. Maybe you're walking away with a thousand bucks versus like breaking even. Talk to us a little bit before we move to the next thing. I think it's for, important for people. And there's many, there's, there's both sides of the coin, right? You have the rich dad, poor dad, which would certainly be do not pay in cash you know, get in where, where the, you're, you're leveraging debt. And then you have the other side of things um, where, where different real estate investors have said, look, you should just own everything free and clear. You may only own five houses in your life versus 105, but you own those and no one can take those away from you unless you don't pay your taxes. So talk a little bit about why someone would, would put 80% debt on a property versus just paying it off in cash. All right. If you're trying to get wealthy, that's what this is about. And not trying to, we're not trying to just you know, get a small bit of income. Right. We're trying to create wealth. It's a wealth al al algorithm. It's not a safety algorithm. Got it. All right. That makes sense. So um, in harnessing debt, you, you know, you can put 20% down. That's a pretty, do you think the housing market's going to, you know, over the next 20 years is just going to drop by 20%? I do not. Over a 20 year period. Right. It's never happened before yeah. in history, right? And so it, 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 it's happened on a temporary basis, sure, but course. it's never happened on a long-term basis. And so, um, if you want to create meaningful wealth and meaningful um, income, you have to use leverage. Yeah. In, 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 in certainly in my experience and everyone I've ever met um, who has created very serious wealth through yeah. real estate has used debt. Yeah. Okay. And so, you know, you take um, you take a, an example where we put twenty percent down. Right, we borrow eighty percent. I think that's a reasonable, sure. you know, equity position that you right. have. And but it's very important to also understand the, the rest of the algorithm, Clark. To, to really, to really answer it, answer your question, is the debt side of it is just a manner in which you um, can multiply your wealth twenty years from now. Right. right? So there's not a great deal of risk in taking on twenty percent of debt. Right. So the debt, right, by time, you have to understand what t what's happening over time. So I take, I put $200,000 down, you know, I bought, let's just, let's just make it simple. I put $100,000 down, I buy a $500,000 house. What's happening over time? You know, not next year. I'm not worried about what the right. Fed is doing. I'm not worried about what Bitcoin is doing. Yeah. I'm not worried about where interest rates are. I'm not worried about the international money markets or the war in Ukraine or anything right. like that. So what's happening, what's really happening over time is inflation every single year is just increasing the value of my asset, decreasing the, the payability right. of my, you know, the value essentially of my underlying mortgage. And it's increasing my rent and it's giving me tax every year. And so you extrapolate that over 20 years, right? So what's happening over time? You take on the debt and time is going to erode all the debt. And I use, I use a good example and that I think is good is if you want to understand how this is working. Imagine a diver. And he's got two air bottles right. on his back. And, w you know, one of his air bottles, you know, is full of debt. Yeah. And the other one's completely empty. Well, over time, that air bottle that's full of debt enters the other bottle that is full of wealth. And so every year, and it's really, you know, it, it just happens as you're living your life, yeah. as you're going to your job, as you're, you know, it just happens right. as you're living your life, as you're having your kids, as you're, you know, as you're just going about your life, because 20 years is going to happen. If you're 32, believe me, you're going to be, I'm 52. You're, you're going to be 52 yeah. before you know it. Right. Right. So this, this analogy the, the that time. I'm using, this, this time is yep. where mortgages get paid off. 
equity wealth is created because remember when the debt goes down into the other tank, right. it's coming in, it's coming up the other side as as wealth. And let me and I want to quantify and give you an example is that you know we sit here in uh, Tampa Bay area, right? Yep. That's where we're shooting this podcast. It's where we we buy our real estate. Is I had a, a, I saw a buddy post something on on Facebook the other day, and he's a realtor, and he posted ten years ago. So you're talking about twenty. Let's just talk ten years of yep. time, right? And the average list price that a realtor was listing their their property in Tampa Bay, and these are the top realtors uh, within this organization, was like 105,000, right? 105,000. And that was like all that, you know, some, the average list price was like 90,000, some was like 120,000, but it averaged out to about 105,000. The median uh, list price today in the Tampa Bay area is what? 420. 420. Okay. This is 10 years. Now, let's take COVID out for just a second because obviously things went up. Let's just say it was 320, right? Let's just take COVID and let's give 100,000 to COVID. Do you think that, to your point about time, that if you would have bought a house in 2013 in Tampa and you delayed your gratification, you didn't sell it, you rented it, do you think that the rents would have gone up over a 10 year period and your house would have went from 100,000 to it's now 420,000? That, that, that it, it was like it was mind-blowing to me. It wasn't because I, I, I understand the debt by time by scale. But just looking at that one thing and it's like, okay, if I would have put a mortgage on that $100,000 house, so I put twenty grand down. 20000 down, yeah. 20000 down. Let's say you put another ten or fifteen into renovation. So let's just say you're into it for $40,000. And that 100000 is now worth four twenty. Now, what if you did that more than once? Well, that's what scale is. So there let's, 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 let's talk about scale. So the algorithm, um, I know a huge amount of people. Again, um, just to reiterate, I, I, have, I have been on the phone with investors for 20 years, at least, you know, more. And I have seen this journey over and over. So whenever, when I talk about debt by time by scale, I'm not, this is not some concept I read in a book or picked right. up off a YouTube video. It's genuinely, I, I've yeah. just witnessed it and I came up with it myself. So just, just empirically, just by observing it, you know. Um, and so we've talked about debt. We've talked about what's happening over time. But you need to do enough of it. Yeah. So how many people do you know who own one house? Or, you know, there's a, the accidental landlord, right? right? So, you know, uh, a, a, a part and two partners get together. Yeah. They buy a house. Or excuse me, they, they own individual houses. They get together. They keep their original yeah. house. So they move into a house together. Um, but it stops right there. You know, um, I see that all the time. Right. I call them accidental landlords. Way better than not being an accidental landlord. Right. I'd rather be an accidental landlord than not a landlord at all. But the, the concept of scale, and this is the really powerful part of it, because it creates, it's the momentum and urgency that creates the rest of the algorithm. You understand that you have to use debt in order to leverage assets so that you can put your name on them. Right. So that you can jump on the vehicle. So you can put that 20 thousand down and now it's worth so you're not time. you're not sitting in the dugout anymore you need to use yeah. you need to use that time's doing all the heavy lifting yeah. in our last podcast we were talking about you know that maybe two or three percent of my time over the last 20 years <laughs> has created 97 percent of my wealth <laughs> and 98 percent of my time has created which was you know flipping houses it's essentially a w2 income right um all that that's done was was a was allow me buy the seeds right that's all it did. It was allow me to put the, the rocks in the river, to use the analogy from our last podcast. But I have met hundreds and hundreds of real estate investors who they get, they, they've read all the books, they've got their mindset right, and they do their first deal. And so they understand debt, they understand time, but they don't understand scale. And what scale is, is you need to do enough of it to make a meaningful difference in your life. So if you want to be worth in real estate, 
let's uh, just go, I'll use simple numbers. Um, you can tell me your debt, and I'll, within reason, tell you how wealthy you'll be in 20 years' time. Yeah. Basically, in a, in a nutshell. And when we're talking about real estate, of course, not, you, can, you may own a business, you right. may own assets, other assets outside of that. But in real estate, you can tell me your debt, and I'll, within reason, be able to tell you how wealthy you'll be. And so, not, not if you tell me how many doors you have. Right. That tells me nothing. Yeah. But how much debt you have tells me a lot. And so, this is not bad debt. This is not boat debt or right. motorbike debt or Tesla debt. Yeah. This is real estate debt that pays for itself, right? And so, the concept of scale really boils down to this. You take you know, a $200,000 house and you put 20% down. Right, so you can put $40,000 down on that $200,000 house. Um, and you want to borrow $160,000 to buy that house. Okay. And so in 20 years' time, that $160,000 will be inflated and been paid away. Right. The rent that you, I'm just going to use easy numbers, right? So the rent that you're taking in, let's say $1,000 today, is going to be 20 years from now, it's going to be at least $2,000. Yeah, but it's going to be unlevered. You're right. going to not have any yeah. debt on it anymore. And so. Um, you've got this, you know, $40,000 that in 20 years time is literally going to be throwing off 50% annualized return every year just on, the, yeah. just on, on rent, let alone it's going to continue growing, right? So the scale part of it is always be buying, always, always, always be buying because the confidence that, we, that that's what this, the topic here is right. about. This, this algorithm is solely responsible for my financial confidence yeah. in real estate. I understand that if I take, a, if I take on some debt um, and I have enough time and I do it in enough scale. Consistently. Yeah, consistently. And yeah. so, I, I, and dollar cost average into this, you know, don't go in and buy, you know, your very first deal, be an 80 unit, because that could take you out. Yeah. That could take you down. I'm all like, th this podcast is about being conservative. Right. If you want the, the get rich and go, go, you know, go parabolic podcasts, this is not the podcast for you. <laughs> There's loads of podcasts out there that, 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 that are out there that will, right. you know, belittle you if you're not doing these things. Yeah. I'm talking about staying, you know, staying Stay within certain guardrails. Right. I'm a conservative investor. Yeah. Very conservative. However, when you understand debt by time by scale, um, it is, the single thing that allows me operate in a high inflation period, low inflation period, uh, a scary economic environment. Yeah. I don't care. You're, because not, I'm, you're not timing the market at all. At all. You're, you're just consistently buying. You'll buy some at the higher points of the market, some at the lower, but you're always, you have the confidence that at the end, it's, it's kind of simple, right? If you buy a property and the mortgage payment is a thousand and the rent is 1500, I don't care where the market is. It could be up, it could be down, it could be sideways, right? You're still always, the thing that I've learned over buying through the down part and the, the up part is that people always need a place to live. It doesn't matter. Don't you love you that? Know, they have a job, they don't have a job, they have a great job, they have a, a, a job they don't like, they still need a roof over Are their head. Are they going to AI themselves out of that? They, I, I don't know if they can AI a roof over their head. How about yet. outsourcing it to this China? This is 20, end of 2023. Maybe we might be, uh, yeah. this might be aging itself if, if in a few years AI can, can put a roof over your I, head. I, I don't think so. I don't think so either. So that is, it, it, the, that's the foundation that gives you the confidence, right? And, and it's the same way. It gives me the confidence to go out and make quick and decisive decisions 
on building, creating my wealth, right? It's almost like, it's like the concrete slab of a house, right? And you have to have that foundation. So kind of getting back to the confidence is that if I can kind of describe what you just said and the confidence that you have is to buy these houses, to learn to do all this, you had to, you had to take action, right? You didn't, you didn't create this portfolio because of YouTube, right? You created it by buying and taking action, right? And, and I, I like to, and it's something too, that it's the same thing. I like to use the gym because I feel like not everyone is a real estate investor, but I think that we could all agree that we always want to be in better shape. Yeah. If you're fat, skinny, great shape, not good shape, you always, Everybody wants you to always want to be in better shape than you are typically, right? So it's kind of like saying, okay, you can sign up for the gym membership, but if you don't go to the damn gym, I don't care how, how nice that gym is. You're, nothing's happening. You have to take that first step right now. You walk into the gym. You start working out. You don't know what the hell's going on. You don't know what the machines do. You're scared. There's people around you that are in much better shape. They're doing all these crazy exercises, right? Day one is hard. It's scary. It's fearful, right? But you took the action. Are you, when you walk out of that gym the first day, you're going to feel so much better than if you just sat around and watched Netflix that Tuesday night. But you went to the gym. You made the decision to take that action. Guess what happens on that Wednesday when you go back? You already kind of have a little bit le- better feel for the gym. Maybe you've seen someone do an exercise. You're going to go try that one today. And guess what happens? You start learning new things, right? And, and, it, and it's not like you intend to learn those new things, but I see that guy over there doing that exercise. I think I'm going to try that exercise today and then continue to learn new things, right? And what happens through that actions? What results from that? Do you have a six-pack on Wednesday? Do you, you know, are you, in, are you ready to go jump into a bikini and go down on the beach because you went two days in a row? Of course not, right? right. You buy a rental property, right? Are you an expert, a guru? Are you teaching classes on day two? Maybe in this time and age, there are people that are teaching classes when they own one <laughs> rental property. I've so maybe that's a bad example. But at the end of the day, you don't have a six-pack on day two, right? right? But do you feel better? Do you feel more confident to go back on Thursday? Is Thursday easy? Easier than Wednesday, and it's Wednesday easier than Tuesday. You're damn right it is, right? So you're gaining the experiences, right? And guess what happens is that six months down the road, if you've started to stay consistent, right, and you've continued to do it, you're going to, guess what? You're going to probably know some people at the gym. You might have asked them some questions on what they do to, to look the way they do. You're going to try new things. You, all these positive things, and all you've done is just taken action, right? Did you, did you go to the right gym or the wrong gym? Who cares what gym you went to? You went to a place yeah. that has weights to be able to improve yeah. yourself. Are there people in there that are more knowing whether it's a nice gym or a bad gym? Of course there are. So you being able to see what they're doing, whether you talk to them or not, but maybe you get the confidence yeah. after six months to be like, I see you in here every day. What the hell is that thing you're doing over there? Yeah. And they tell you. It's brilliant. And you learn something, right? Yeah. So it's the same thing in building a business. It's the same thing in buying real estate. Is That first property, it's probably, you're going to make a ton of mistakes. But guess what happens when you go to buy the second property? Guess what happens when you buy and you live in the first house and you're like, okay, I feel confident enough to buy the second house and not sell the first one because I've lo- I know that house. You know, I know how to go out and reach out to a lender. I kind of know what they need for me, all the documents. They want your firstborn with these lenders. So it's like, I kind of, it's, it, it hurts less, right? So the second step about getting to the debt by time by scale is being able to take that action and just through the action taken, you are getting experiences. You're getting good experiences. You're seeing maybe what not to do. And guess what? If you're learning what not to do, then are you more confident when you go to buy the second house? Are you more confident to know maybe with the gym analogy is that I kind of, maybe I know what not to eat now. Maybe I shouldn't eat this. I should eat that, right? Whatever that looks like. So if you take the action and you start to learn experiences, do you think you're more confident on Thursday than you were on Tuesday when you first walked in the gym?
Yeah, it's brilliant. I, I'm as you, again as you're talking, there's a, a, a thousand conversations flashing in my mind. I remember I recall being in a car um, with a young, very informed engineer, and he was using language and lingo yeah. um, <laughs> that you know even I was impressed with. Yeah, like he knew every um, creative financing method. Yeah. He knew he knew everything. Um, and he asked me for his advice and um, I said, put down the books, yeah. said, do, do yourself a favor, stop reading, just st simply stop reading. Right. Um, you need to start taking action right now. And I think that's a great topic for our next podcast is how do you deal, how do you get resilient, you know, to deal with the, the, the setbacks and what I call the psychological bullets right. um, of, of getting tough, building up a tough skin and understanding that there's some learning involved, yeah. you know, but you know, the debt by time by scale is the fundamental framework. Right. It is the foundation of your putting aside your fears. So, you know, the we're talking about confidence today and building up your confidence. If you are listening to this, know that that algorithm, that debt by time by scale algorithm has freed. I've spoken to hundreds of investors who've come to me personally said that single algorithm has allowed me to operate in a way that I, I never did before. Because remember, the brain, the human brain, is designed to find problems and scan the universe and the terrain for, <laughs> uh, and, and create a scenario. In your, what if this? What if that? What if this happens? What right. if that happens? What if? What if? What if? The brain, is, they're, not, they're nothing like it in the universe yeah. at scanning the world and looking for problems. But if anybody has any experience with CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, they'll understand that, well, where's the evidence for this? Right. Where's the evidence that all these things are going to happen? Because, you know, I own a large portfolio of real estate. Those things haven't happened to me. I've flipped hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of homes. All the things that you're saying, I've never experienced, <laughs> believe it or not. And so it's amazing how the human brain kind of works against you. Yeah. But I think the debt by time by scale algorithm is if you're in income island and you're trying to get to wealth island, I think it's the single, for me personally, it's a single most important wealth advice I, uh, that I've ever, I, I, never, I didn't receive it. Right. I, I, I learned it over you years. I just it. wished I knew it earlier. So you took action, right? Yeah. You, you, through experiences, you yeah. learned it, right? And then that gives you more confidence to go out and make quicker decisions, right? And then you, become, right. And then, then you become more strategic, right? Because you can look at something and be like, oh, this reminds me of the, the, the house I bought eight years ago. Same neighborhood. Same, uh, I'm staying away from that, right? And you can make that. But you, you can't – that bad experience you had on that fourth rental where you, it kept you – know, tenants kept leaving because they didn't like the neighborhood. It's like people would look at that as a failure and say, oh, I, I bought this rental and I couldn't keep it rented. And then I had to evict this tenant and then the, the pipes burst and everything. And it's like, yeah, but you're, you're learning so much much from that, that now, you know, yeah. going into the next one that, oh, wait, I know those pipes. I've seen those pipes before. That's those right. need to be replaced. I'm going to need a $10,000 discount or I'm not buying this house. Right. I know this neighborhood, you're saying it's going to be a $1,500 rental. And I know that I'm going to put in a higher vacancy cost because I'm going to turn it every year. Yeah. So I'm actually, it's a $1,200 rental. Yeah. And then the numbers work or they don't work. Right. right. But, but you'll never know that without going through that experience, yeah. which means taking the action in the first place. It's fantastic. Um, again, an, another podcast that we, we need to do an episode on is underwriting. Yeah. And uh, just right there. Just how do you understand? People come to me all the time. It's like, hey, David, I saw this. Um, I saw this. You know, this this house on Zillow. Um, I see it's got <laughs> a thirty. It? Yeah, it's got a thirty thousand dollar discount. You know, um, do you think that's a good deal? I'm like, 
Discount uh, from what? Like, like, I have no idea. Yeah. Idea. I, I, I need to underwrite. I need to put the numbers in and, yeah. and, and, and give, you, give you an answer once I've done that. And it is incredible how many people don't know how to underwrite a, a real estate deal. But it's time to wrap up today. So look, the, the backbone to confidence is really understanding that algorithm. It, real estate confidence for me, anyhow, is understanding that by time, by scale. Um, and then, you know, how do you, how do you use scale? So scale is all about having clear income and net worth goals 10 or 15 years from now. Imagine that. I can tell you with laser precision how much income and how much wealth you will have if you take on $4 million worth of debt because you'll probably have a $6 million portfolio. That debt will get paid off at a pretty, pretty um, obvious rate, at a set rate. At a, on a, an amortization schedule and inflation, I, you know, I can input a number for inflation. I can tell you that on year 22, your $4 million of debt on your $6 million portfolio will be paid off. Your $6 million portfolio will be worth $12 million and your income is going to be 48300 a month unlevered. Right. Would you like $48,000 a month every month and have $12 million of wealth? Because that's how it works. Right. And it's that predictable. Yeah. It really is. So understand your clear income and net worth goals. Have a defined strategy. So I'm going to buy two houses a year, every year in this neighborhood. No matter, like prices will go up, prices will go down. Right. But I'm going to buy two houses a year, every year. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I, that's my strategy. That's my buy box. Right. Right. And then I'm going to have the discipline to do it. Yeah. The discipline is, you know, people do it, they do it for one year, they do it for yeah, two years, and then they get sidetracked, and they do this, and they do that. The people who are successful are the people who have the, literally, the income and net worth goals, the defined strategy, the discipline, and, and, and finally, the most important thing, they have the time. Yeah. They're in their 30s. Yep. They're in their 40s. You know, you've still, you still got time in your 50s. Um, but once you get into your late 60s and 70s, you're probably investing for your kids or your right. grandkids or something along those times. But understand those things. Clear income, net, net worth goals, a defined strategy, discipline, and a time to do it. And that is where my confidence comes from. Yeah. Um, and I love it. And, and ultimately, the more confident you are, the easier it is to make decisions. And when it's easier, usually it's less stressful. You know, as, as I'm getting, as I turn 40, I'm like, I want to do things that are less stressful, not more stressful, right? And it's like an epiphany I had. But um, so I, I think the takeaway that, that I hope that for me, the way that I look at it, and, and I'll, I'll go back to a, uh, a, a resolution, right? We're right around here, the first of the year. So what do a lot of people make resolutions? Oh, I'm going to lose 20 pounds. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to eat better, right? I would challenge you to say that the takeaway, if you could leave this podcast today, is the gym analogy of instead of saying, David, I'm going to lose 20 pounds next year. How the hell do I lose 20 pounds? Like, do, do, I, do I do more exercise? Do I go to the gym five times a day, two times a day? I would just say, I'm going to go to the gym three or four days a week, and that's it. It's very quantifiable. It's say, I'm going to yeah. go to the gym four days, right? Now, in six months, you may have lost 15 pounds or 20 pounds or 10 pounds, but all the experience you gained all the confidence that you gained, right? Would you be pissed off at yourself if you only lost 10 pounds instead of 20? I feel like I feel pretty damn good that I, I still lost 10 pounds, right? Yeah. But all those extra things that you gained along the way. And it's the same thing with real estate. If you want to buy 10 houses, it starts with one. That's right. And guess what happens when you buy that first property, right? You learned how to get a loan. Yeah, yeah. You learned how to talk to a realtor. You learned how to read a closing statement with when you go to, to sign the papers to buy the house. You learned all these different things. You learned how to read an inspection report, yeah. right? So you get all of these things that you learn with that one, right? Now, does that mean that you're going to buy 10 houses in 10 years or five years or 15 years? Again, 
we all have our own journey and our, our own speed, but it starts with one, yeah, they right? Say the, they say the first one is the, the bitch of the bunch. The right? first one is the bitch of the bunch. So I would challenge everyone here is to, instead of worrying per se, and this is, this is the way I've looked at it my whole life, instead of worrying about losing 25 pounds, not kind of knowing how to get there, is that I do know that I can say I can sign up for a gym membership and I, I tell myself I will go four times a week. For, for It is my new... Strategy. What about when it's raining? Do you still go when it's raining? Well, that's, the, that's, that's, the, that's the delayed gratification, right? Is that sometimes it sucks outside. Sometimes it's cold. Sometimes it's rainy. Sometimes the traffic is a little bit worse. And at the end of the day, what separates the, the, the people that are going to truly put the stepping stones, you don't think that the stepping stones that the wealthy people put in the river to get to Wealth Island, it came with some rainy days. Oh, that's it, fine. it came with some snowy days, right? So there's going to be times where you're going to tell yourself, I don't want to go today. But ultimately, you're making, you're delaying the gratification of just, you know, pulling the covers over your head because it's a cold day. And you're delaying that to a later thing for a bigger thing. So if, if you could take one piece is to take action, which will give you the experience, which will then provide you confidence to keep rinsing and repeating, but being able to just say, I'm going to go and I'm going to buy one house yep. and I'm going to take all this amazing experience. And then whenever, if I don't buy the next house for two years or three years or one year, that's okay. Cause I've started, I got up to the plate and I swung the, and I swung the bat. That's great stuff, Dark. Yeah. Um, so enjoy today's podcast. I did too. Uh, hope you guys did too. Um, join us next week. We'll have some uh, some more bombs to drop. Yeah. Um, but uh, get investing and get serious and use your time wisely. Thanks, guys. We'll You've been listening to the Burn Your Boats podcast with Clark Lunt and David Shaw. We would love to hear from you. Please reach out at burnyourboatswealth.com with comments, questions, and if you have a topic you would like Clark and David to discuss on an upcoming episode. We would very much appreciate it if you took the time to rate and review Burn Your Boats podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. And make sure to follow and share on social media. Content in Burn Your Boats podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not legal or financial advice. Please review our legal disclaimer at burnyourboatswealth.com. Thank you for listening.